Thank you for tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and encourages your daily life. The night is pitch black with only a little bit of light coming from the moon. And he makes his way down to his little spot to pray. It's about a second or third time that he's been to this spot tonight. And he's anxious, nervous, and scared, all bottled up in one. And he keeps praying the same prayer over and over and over again. And the only thought that can come to his mind that he keeps repeating is, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through this. And all of the anxiety that he's feeling as he knows what's about to happen in the hours to come. These are the last hours before he will be betrayed and be taken by the Roman soldiers and be beaten and then eventually executed on a cross. And he keeps, he's in a dialogue, he's in a conversation with God and just asking him, is there any other way? Do I really have to do this? Do I really have to die on a cross? Do I really have to be beaten and abused and mocked? Do I really have to give my life as a sacrifice, as the only way for salvation? And as he continues in this dialogue, he knows what the answer is. So eventually, he just comes to the conclusion God's way is better than my way. And he says, if there's any other way, let's do that, but not your will be done. Or not my will be done, excuse me, but your will be done. This is what we have to understand. We have to eventually come to the conclusion that God's way is better than our way. Every time I do life my way, I mess things up. Whenever I do marriage my way, I jack that marriage up. Whenever I do parenting my way, poor Zion and Adeline. Whenever I do work my way, whenever I do friendships and relationships my way, I tend to be a little bit more selfish than what I should be. I make Decisions that end up hurting others and even hurting myself. You see, church, we have to understand that doing things God's way is better than doing things our way. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much this morning for your presence that we have already felt in this place. We ask you, God, that you would speak into our hearts and speak into our lives this morning. Help us to understand that it is so much better It's so much greater if we would just learn to do life and to do things your way, not our way. God, help us to understand this word. Help us to receive this word. But God, more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, amen. Amen. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. If you split your Bible in half, you'll go to the right. And you'll run into Isaiah. You might hit Psalms and you'll hit Proverbs and you'll hit Ecclesiastes. Then you'll hit, I believe, Isaiah is next. Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to read verses 6 through 9. 
Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8 and 9 highlight these scriptures right here. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts. God's way is better than our way. You see, God sees the big picture. God sees the whole understanding and he sees how it all unfolds and how it all unplays. I'm sure most of us now have been living long enough that um, we can reflect back to a moment in time that just seemed miserable and terrible. But now we can see how it all kind of worked together for a positive some way, somehow. Right? And you see, God sees the big scheme. He sees the big picture. While all we see is what we feel right here, right now, and what I want right here, right now, God's ways and God's understandings and his thoughts are higher than what ours are. And he sees the big picture. He sees the great big picture. He sees it all unfold and all unplay. You see... Zion doesn't understand why he can't, why he can't have uh, pancakes and ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He, he, he just, you can ask Zion at 11 o'clock at night, hey, son, what do you want to eat? Pancakes? He loves pancakes. But being his parent, being his father, I understand, son, I can't let you have pancakes and ice cream. Every day, all day long, because that's just not very healthy, right? And plus, he would never sleep at all if he, if he ate that all day. And because of his age and, and just because he's not there yet, he doesn't understand. So when we make him eat stuff like chicken and, and just... Some of that green stuff that people like to eat every now and then. When we make him eat those kind of things, he doesn't like it. And sometimes he thinks that we're just being plain mean. But we understand we want to raise a healthy child. Our thoughts are a little bit above theirs at this point. It's the same way with God. We can... Question God if we want to, but it's not going to change his mind. We can um, deal with God or have a dialogue with God, but we're never, you know, God's, God has never had that, uh, an epiphany. You know, when that light bulb goes off, God's never had that light bulb go off that you see in the cartoons. You know what I'm talking about? That thing, oh, there's nothing we can say to God that, Thing, light bulb goes off. You're so right. I didn't think about it that way. You see what I'm saying? God's ways are better than our ways. 
Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. If you're in Isaiah, go to the left. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own ways. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. And highlight just that first sentence. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. You see, we have to understand that if we're going to do things God's way, if we're going to do life God's way, we have to come to this understanding that I'm just not that great. Have you ever seen somebody or known of somebody that's just too smart for their own good? You know, in, in the construction world, I have to deal with these people. We call them the nicest name that they've been called is an architect. And they draw up these plans and they make you do things a certain way. And I've been on job sites with framers and electricians and plumbers. And, and everybody's just like, that's so dumb. Why would you do it that way? But because a smart person drew it up on a piece of paper, everybody has to follow that. See, there's sometimes we're just too smart for our own good. And we just think that we know better. We think that, well, sure, this is what God's word says about it, but this is what I think about that. You guys with me? We got to understand. Listen, we got to understand we're not that great. Some of you guys are super intelligent, and I wish I was as intelligent as you. Some of you guys just have great common sense, and sometimes I wish I had that much common sense. But none of us are wise enough to overpass God. We have to understand this. We, we have to understand that we're not that great. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says that everything in this world that has ever been created was created by God and for God. We have to understand if we're going to submit to God and say, I'm going to do life God's way, we have to understand this. God does not exist for me. I exist for God. Okay, I'm going to say that again because that's like a, like a big thing, light bulb moment right there for some of us. God does not exist for me. God isn't a magic genie up in the sky just waiting for me to make another wish for him to grant me. God does not exist for me. I did not create God. But I exist for God. And I think if we'll really understand that we exist for God, then it'll be so much easier for us to just do life God's way. God does not exist for you and for your family. This world, believe it or not, it doesn't revolve around any of us. I have to remind my children of that all of the time. Because kids want stuff and they want it now, right? 
Uh, some adults too. We can be that way sometimes. But no patience. No, they don't want to wait on anything. And if they don't get it, what do they do? They throw fits until daddy puts them in a corner. Zion now knows where his corner is at home. So until an adult intervenes, yeah, they throw fits and they scream because everything revolves around them. And we have to understand, man, this world does not revolve around me, does not revolve around us. God doesn't exist for us. God doesn't exist just to be a man in the sky that we can talk to every now and then when we're feeling a little bit disappointed or, or because we want something that we don't have so we start talking and, and we make a wish list and send it up to God. God does not exist for us. We exist for Him. And if we'll get in line with that, if we'll line our, 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 our lives, excuse me, in our world around that truth that I exist for God, then I believe life would be so much better. I'm not saying that it would be easier. I'm not saying that everything would be great and perfect. I am saying life would be better. Because we'd stop throwing some fits. We'd stop throwing tantrums. If we would understand that we exist for God, not the other way around. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Go ahead and go there. This is, this is one of those scriptures that's great to highlight. I'm just going to pause right here and say, listen, if you're looking for a good devotional to do, or maybe you, need to, you understand that you need to start reading your Bible. Proverbs is a great place to start. Just go, today's the, what, fourth? Is today the fourth? Yeah. have to look at my notes. Today's the fourth. So you would read chapter four out of Proverbs. And then tomorrow, day five, read chapter five. And just go, go on like that. Great place to read. Anyways, Proverbs chapter 16, verse three. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. The common English version says, and your plans will be established. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts or your plans will be established. I want you to understand this. Doing life God's way doesn't mean I don't get what I want out of life. So there's this understanding out, out there in the Christian world, and uh, not even just in the Christian world, just in the world in general, that if you have a good life, then you must be doing something wrong. Right? Like if you have a little bit of money, then that means you must be greedy and selfish and overambitious and Nobody else did. And we believe that if you're following Jesus, if you're following God, or I'm not, I shouldn't say we believe, there's this mentality out there that if you're following Jesus and if you're following God, then that means you should be poor. And we think that humble means that you're like, you have absolutely nothing and you're, that's not true. If we look through the Bible and we see men that followed God, like just, just read a little, about, a little bit about Abraham. The dude was absolutely loaded beyond what any of us could even comprehend. Job, Moses, all of these men were absolutely loaded. 
So following Jesus doesn't mean that I have to give up everything that I have, everything that I know, and go pray in a in a corner like a or, or a cave like a monk for the my the rest of my life. It's not what following Jesus looks like. Following Jesus doesn't mean that I can't be ambitious and and try to strive to better my life and better my family. It doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean that I can't strive to get a promotion at work or I can't strive to one day retire and maybe even be a millionaire whenever I retire. It doesn't mean that we can't do those things. It doesn't mean we can't go after those things. It just means that we do those things God's way. You guys with me? There's nothing wrong with making more money. Let's just do it God's way. Yeah? You follow me? See, that's where we get it mixed up. There's nothing wrong with spending, obviously, more time with your family and and doing fun things with your family. There's absolutely nothing wrong with any of those things. Let's just do them God's way, not our way. If we're ch- chasing a promotion at work, let's, let's get that promotion God's way. Not by lying about them, not by taking, um, not by criticizing somebody or taking credit for stuff that we didn't do. Let's get the promotion God's way. You guys with me? So we can still dream, we can still be ambitious, we can still hope for a better future, and, to, and we can still, the Bible actually says that a righteous man leaves an inheritance not only to his children, but to his grandchildren. That's what the Bible says. So we can still hope to do all of these things, we can still achieve these things and do these things. We just do them God's way, not the world's way. If we, want, if we want to make a little bit more, more money, then what we do is we work a little bit harder, not add a few hours to the time card. Yeah? So we can still dream. We can still be prosperous. We can still have a great life. We just do it God's way, not our way. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 verse 1 excuse me says everything has a season everything has a season listen it is all about timing if this afternoon i go sit in a deer stand and i kill a deer and i post it on social media like some of these guys that just aren't bright do you know what would happen agfc would comment, hey, dude, where are you at? You know who AJFC is? Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. Because it's out of season. Deer season ended on the 28th, right? I don't know anybody that was hunting that late. But anyways, everything has its season. And we understand this for natural things. We understand, hey, you don't go deer hunting in the middle of July. If you do, just don't. I mean, just, just don't do that. But we understand these type of things. Everything has a season. Everything has its time. 
You see, we have to understand this when following God and doing life's and doing our life God's way. We have to understand that maybe we want to do something, but it's in God's timing, not in our timing. You know, so Moses was getting to live the life of a king. He was, he was adopted from the, by the, the king's daughter. And so Moses is growing up in the palace and doing all of these things. But he knew, he knew that he was born and that he had this passion inside of him to deliver the Israelites from, from, uh, from slavery. And so what happens is, is one day he sees this man beaten on an, on an, uh, on an, an Egyptian, beaten on a Hebrew man, on a Hebrew slave. And so Moses gets frustrated and gets mad. And what he does is he kills that dude. And he thinks, man, I'm, this is the way my ministry starts. Could you, <laughs> could you imagine that? Moses thought his ministry started off by killing a man. So, yeah. Crazy. I think about it every now and then. It pops up there. Maybe that's the way I need to start my ministry. Maybe that, anyways. But that's the way Moses thought his ministry started out. But then actually what happens is God sends them into the desert for several years. He says, dude, you need to chill. All of those passions and all of those desires I placed in you, but it's not time yet. You need to chill. You see, and there's some things in our life that, that yeah, they're dreams and they're God-given dreams and they're God-given ambitions and maybe it's even in ministry. But sometimes we just need to chill and wait on God's timing, not on our timing. Sometimes we get frustrated because things aren't going as quick as we want them to. They're not happening as soon as we want them to. Because, again, just like a child, we want it now. Everybody's seen that commercial, right? Those old people get out the window. It's my money and I want it now. And we act that way sometimes. And God says, listen, everything has its season. There's a time for everything. And sometimes we just need to hold up. Sometimes we just got to slow down and say no to a couple of things, understanding that maybe right now I'm not in that season. You guys with me? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I love it, man. You guys got to highlight this scripture. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I'll find it one of these days. But seek first... The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Actually, let's just back up and let's just read this whole passage right here. Starting in verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to, to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. In verse 33, highlight this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. So what is Jesus saying? Is Jesus saying we shouldn't work? So that we can have the money to buy our food and to buy our clothing. Is that what Jesus is saying? What Jesus is saying, it's all about timing. It's all about priority. You see, when we put God as our first priority, then everything else falls into place. If we will keep God as our top priority over absolutely everything then family and work and friends and everything else begins to fall into place. But it's whenever we take God off of the top and we put him somewhere in the middle, that's whenever everything starts falling apart. You see, God has to be our top priority. We have to seek first the kingdom of God. He doesn't say seek only. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say... He doesn't say you can't do anything else but seek God. He says seek God first. Seek first the kingdom of God. If we'll keep God our top priority, everything else falls into place. Have you ever wondered, have you ever just looked at someone and just thought, how could your priorities be so out of whack? You know what I'm talking about? Like, we have to have the brand new iPhone 7032. I don't know when they're going to stop numbering them. But we can't even pay our light bill. Would you say that priorities are a little out of whack there? You guys follow me? And all it is, all it is, is that means whenever we begin to prioritize things out of whack, it just means that God isn't number one. And I promise you, you begin to put God number one priority, put him on top of the list. Everything else falls into place. Because whenever I'm seeking God and whenever I'm seeking God first, then I know it is just in me naturally To immediately love my wife, to love my kids, to love my family. Whenever I'm seeking God first, whenever I'm following God to the best of my ability, then I'm working hard and I'm working harder. And I'm taking care of business while I'm taking care of my family. But whenever God isn't first, when anything else is there, even if it's our kids The worst thing we can do as parents is put our kids in God's place. 
they're not God. They weren't meant to be the center of your attention and the center of your worship and the center of your praise. We begin to do that to our kids. And now everybody needs participation trophies. I shouldn't have said that. That was too mean. When we put God number one in our first priority, in our top priority, everything else falls into place. But when he's not, everything falls apart. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, and Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, both pretty much say, acknowledge God in everything. Acknowledge God in everything. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all of your ways, acknowledge God. In all of your ways, acknowledge God. This is how we do God life's way. I mean, we do God life's way. We do life God's way. I cannot speak this morning. But the way we do life God's way is we acknowledge Him in everything that we do. We acknowledge God in every single one of our decisions. We acknowledge God in in every part of our life. You see... God does, isn't separated, or we can't remove God from parts of our lives. Amen. Either God is the center of our entire life, or God isn't the center of our lives. It's just, it's just that simple. It's not God is the ruler over this part of my life, but then I have this other part of my life that God knows absolutely nothing about. And he's not a part of this, this part of my life. It doesn't work that way. The way we do life God's way is we acknowledge Him in everything that we do. Do everything as if you're doing it for God. Doing life God's way means that we do two things well. It means that we love God well. It means that we love people well. Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 through 40. A lawyer asked Jesus, a young lawyer asked Jesus, hey, which of the greatest of the commandment? And Jesus says, you should love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he says, the second one is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Doing life God's way. Following God, following Jesus means that we're loving God. It means that we're loving people. That's what it looks like. So if you think, if you think, or if, if, if you wonder sometimes if you're doing this life God's way, you just have to ask yourself, am I loving people? Like, you can't be following Jesus and then be mean and rude to everybody. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Like, you, you can't be following God and you can't be doing life God's way and then be bitter. And just be mad at the whole world. It it doesn't work that way. Following Jesus doesn't work that way. So in all your ways, in all our ways, we acknowledge God. And then we love God. And we love people. Go with me to to Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21. Proverbs. 
Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. And I've got this highlighted in my Bible. I've had it highlighted forever because I love this scripture. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will start. That will last, excuse me. When we do things God's way, our life will leave a lasting legacy. You see, I don't know about you, but whenever I want to live a life that is significant. I want to live a life that mattered. I want it to matter that I existed. I want it to matter that I existed. And that's what Proverbs says here. It says it's the Lord's counsel. It's whenever we do life God's way. It's following God's advice. That is what will stand. That is what will leave a legacy behind. And that's who I want to be. That's a life that I want to live. I want to follow God in such a way that it left a lasting imprint on the world that I grew up in, on those around me. I want to love God and I want to love people so well that it mattered that I existed. But you have to know this. Jesus said in John chapter 5, I believe it's verse 30. He said, I can't do anything on my own. I can't do anything on my own. This is Jesus speaking. You can't live a life that honors God on your own. You can't do life God's way on your own. You've got to be following God. You've got to have God's imprint. You've got to have God's counsel like Proverbs 19 says. You've got to be following Him. You've got to have a relationship with Him. I'm sure if we all sat down and talked about it, we could all come up with time and time again where we tried things our way and then messed it up. I bet we could all talk about times when we just sat back and kind of scratched our head and thought, huh, I could have swore that would have worked. I can't believe that didn't work. You see, if you keep trying to do life your way, you're going to keep messing things up. If you keep trying to do life your way, it's it's, it's not going to work. Your priorities get out of whack. When you're doing life your way, that means God's not at the center. That means you're at the center. And when I'm at the center of my life and of my priorities, I mess everything up. I hurt people. I make big mistakes. 
You can chase your dreams. You can be ambitious. You can set big goals. I hope that you do. Just do them God's way, not your own way. This is the end of the message. For more information, go to www.thurmanmodelchurch.com.